Illustrate.org podcast coming away to episode 400. Steve Smee here and uh, Rickster. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? So, guys, 400. This is episode 400, believe it or not. So this is going to be a special episode. So, Rick, um, kind of talk about what we're going to do in this episode. It's going to be a cool one. So we've been doing the cycle series, the stack series, uh, and now we're going to go to three compounds. And since this is episode 400 and we needed to do something a little bit extra, a little bit special for you guys, then we're going to have the Steve Shmi interview at the end of the show. So basically, I do another podcast. It's the Elite Fitness Podcast is on EliteFitness.com. Go there, guys, EliteFitness.com. And that podcast, I read some, some articles to you guys, and I also interview uh, some of uh, people in the industry. And I ended up asking Steve to come on and do an interview with me so that I could, uh, you know, put some of his ideas and uh, on the show. And it's just basically a good interview to get Steve talking about maybe some of the things we don't just, we don't talk about on this show because the format doesn't quite allow it. It's not the way that we structured the show. So um, we're going to do continue our stacks. Now we're up to three compounds for beginner, intermediate, uh, expert, uh, cutting, bulking, recomp. We're back on that three compounds. And then after that, you guys stay on for the Steve Shmi, uh interview from the EliteFitness.com podcast. So ready to go. All right, guys. So let's talk about first, let's do the category, three compounds for cutting for newbies. So I think with a newbie situation, running three things is aggressive as it is. So if you're a newbie and you're overweight and you're trying to cut down, it may not be the best thing for you to even attempt to do three different compounds like this, even two compounds, even one compound. So I think in this situation, you know, I'm kind of gearing someone for someone who's already in decent shape, they have a nice base, they're just maybe say 14% body fat, 15% body fat, they want to cut a little bit from there. So I would do a simple cutting cycle would be a low dose of low dose of testosterone, like a TRT dose, maybe 100 milligrams a week, that's it. Primobolin, 500 milligrams a week of Primobolin, and then some GW cartering. Simple stack, you're not going to shred down like from 15% to under 10%. Okay. Unless you're, you were that kind of body fat before and you kind of let yourself go. And even in that situation, you should go back to get yourself conditioned first. So in this kind of stack, you might drop some, say, say 15% down to 13% body fat. You got to be realistic here. Okay. And Rome wasn't built overnight, but I think with this stack, you know, I run a similar type of stack before after a 12 week run, you'll notice very subtle changes in your physique. It's not going to be an overnight change, but other people who haven't seen you in like four weeks or eight weeks, whatever, who you run into, they'll look leaner. They'll look, they'll say, Oh yeah, you look leaner. Oh, you, you look a little more cut. So that's the kind of cutting cycle i think that would work really good for a newbie but here's why it's good for a newbie it's a low side effect cycle it's really simple to run 
You don't need an aromatized inhibitor because you're not running testosterone at a high dose. You don't need too much. Just run your N2 guard with it. You just need your support supplements as you should always run on cycle. Really simple. There's no orals to inflame your, your liver. So really, really simple, I think, for a newbie. And it's going to be an expensive cycle, but it's going to it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. So work your ass off on cycle, get your diet on point, And I think good, good things will happen for you if you want to cut on that cycle. Now, the next one is going to be cutting for intermediate lifters, uh, uh, intermediate people who have a little more experience. Let's say it's your third or fourth cycle. So I think in your situation as an intermediate person, I think you can be a little more aggressive. You can use EQ. EQ is a little more aggressive than primobolin. EQ is a little more flexible. The nice thing about EQ that I like is you can do cardio on it. The reason EQ is so good with cardio is it does what all these steroids do, which is increase your red blood cell count, but it doesn't give you the pumps. It's not a harsh steroid. It's not going to cause you to lose your wind. It's not very inflammatory at all. Um, it's a really magical steroid for endurance. So I would do commit to doing some, some good, hard, high intensity cardio when you're on this EQ 500, 400 or 500 milligrams. That's it. I'd even go 400 milligrams. They can run a low des dose of testosterone, TRT dose. You don't want to run too much testosterone. Again, just like the other cycle, you don't need an aromatized inhibitor. So you're not going to get water retention. And then again, you can go ahead and throw in some GW carterine, 20 milligrams a day. So do some high intensity cardio on that cycle. Really put in the work, guys. It's going to make it, it's going to make a difference. I mean, hard, hard cardio. I'm not talking about going on the elliptical for 20 minutes at the gym. That's not going to do anything for you. Hardcore cardio, maybe a six mile wind, you know, um, run through the woods or a one and a half mile sprint. Okay. Some high intensity cardio like that really gets, gets you going. Now for the last one, cutting for advanced lifters, I think for advanced lifters, it really depends on how you react to these compounds. I would think as an advanced lifter and advanced steroid user, you would know how you react to these different compounds. So I think, I think a great cutter for someone who's advanced would be Trenbolone, 250 milligrams a week, T-Bowl, Toronto Bowl, 30 milligrams a week. And then a third compound perfect would be the GW carterine. And you notice a trend here. I'm adding, I'm including GW carterine every cutting cycle because it's such a great cutting compound. So you could run that for eight weeks. Trembolone acetate, the Toronobol, and the GW carterine. Eight-week cycle. Try to get in as much cardio as you can. It's going to be hard on the trend, but you should know by now how you react to trend, okay? You should know what the issues are. And that GW is going to help you with your endurance. And then eat perfect. Don't put anything in your body that's crap. And you should shred up really, really nice on that stack. Most of you will shred up nicely if you're an experienced lifter. So Rick, I'll bring you in on this. What's your, uh, what's your opinions? All right, great. So for cutting for the newbie, I'd start off with carterine uh, and then later on add an osterin. But now that we're going to three compounds, um, osterin is out. 
it's just not as powerful as something like say anavar and we're doing three compounds now so osterin is out anavar is in and also need an injectable there for the newbie now um EQ is a good option, but I think for this newbie, the best one to use would be Primo Bolin. Uh, if the newbie can get his hands on legit Primo Bolin, might be might be the best one to use. So that would be my choices for the newbie, would be GW, Anavar, and Primo Bolin. Very low side effects, hard to get good legitimate versions of, but if you can get them, it's a nice, good cycle, low side effect. Very, very good results on it. Be real happy. The intermediate guy on that cutting cycle, uh, now, you know, pushing it hard. Anavar still in the mix. Uh, I would probably have him take Masteron. Maybe a little bit better of a cutting drug than Winstrol. Um, there are some concerns with estrogen levels and not crashing your estrogen too much on Masteron, lowering it too much, but still good. And... Uh, Maybe throw in again GW also for an intermediate guy just to melt melt the body fat right off. Advanced guy, cutting, uh, Winstrol still big time Winstrol, Masteron still big time Masteron, and that guy might be might be good to take some albuterol, some T three along with that. He knows the game probably used it a few times, has a coach that understands what's going on. That guy can throw in something a little bit risky, a little bit more that needs more upkeep. T3, albuterol, why not? Winstrol and Masteron for, for that guy. Why the fuck not? I think that's a good, uh, it's a good three stack. What do you think, Steve? Yep, it's good, man. It's good. Yep. So, I mean, all these guys, you know, all these stacks that we recommend, these are things you got to experiment with. You know, I think, I think at the end of the day, some people are going to, that's a cool thing about this is come on the forums, tell us how you did on these stacks. Tell us, Hey, Oh, you know what? I didn't, I didn't cut very well on these. Uh, it didn't look at, come on and tell us, I mean, everybody's going to react a little differently. So we're trying to give you guys some ideas, a blueprint. At the end of the day, it's up to you to execute on this. So next one we're going to talk about is bulking. So newbie bulking. All right. So here's the thing with, with, uh, with bulking. Bulking with anabolic steroids is pretty easy to do, especially when you're running three <laughs> compounds. So the reason it's easy to do is anabolic steroids, most of them increase your appetite. Most of them cause water retention to fill your cells up with water. So you're going to get a more fuller look. And then obviously they're anabolic, meaning, you know, grow, <laughs> you know, so it's really easy to bulk on it. So a newbie cycle for bulking, I think would be 400 milligrams or 500 milligrams a week of a long ester testosterone. Now, why am I saying long ester, Rick? It's because if you're running a short ester propionate, it's not going to be good for a newbie because you're going to be injecting every other day or every day. So I don't think a newbie having to inject every day for 10 weeks or 12 weeks makes, makes any sense. So use a long ester steroid that you only have to inject once or twice a week. It's going to be way easier on you. You can stack in EQ with it. EQ is great for 
for bulking or cutting, it's a very versatile steroid. I've used it for both. And when you're using the EQ, the nice thing about it is you can add it to your testosterone and it's not going to give you too many side effects when you add it to testosterone. So those are the two, I think, right there. And then you can do a third. A third uh, option with it for a newbie is you can throw in an oral to kickstart things. So Dianable is really good. Now, why is Dianable good for, for, bulk, for bulking? Dianable is really good at filling up your muscles with a lot of, a lot of water. Okay. Most of your muscle muscles made up of water. It's going to cause a fuller look, but also it's going to increase your mood and it's also going to increase your appetite. So when you're bulking, you're going to want to eat more and you're going to have tremendous results on that stack. I think it's a really good for, for a beginner. Now, intermediate bulking. Now this is the, I'm going to give you an old school steroid cycle that you can run. Okay. But I'm going to change a little bit up. I'm going to change a little bit because you're intermediate. I'm going to do a DECA at 400 milligrams a week, testosterone at 150 or 125 milligrams a week. And I'm going to do some anadrol. Okay. As the third one. And you're going to use that anadrol, say, the first five weeks. And then after the fifth week, you're going to switch to Proviron the rest of the way at 50 milligrams. So you're going to do both about 50 milligrams a day. Proviron, you can do the Proviron and anadrol, you can drop it to 25 milligrams a day if, you know, it's a, it's a cost issue. So 25 to 50 milligrams a day, anadrol the first five weeks, and then Proviron the rest of the way. It's going to be a 12-week cycle. You're going to do that testosterone, low dose of testosterone with the DECA. Now, why? Am I recommending to run anadrol in place of Dianable? Because most bulking cycles that you'll read online, they include Debol. Well, it's because Debol is a little too much water retention. And I think if you throw in anadrol the first five weeks, you're going to get that DHT effect. That DHT effect is very important to run with a nandrolone. I always recommend a DHT derivative with a nandrolone. That's the number one thing. So we're covered. We're running the anadrol and then we're, we're running the proviron or switching to proviron as you know, in your orals. So you've got the DHT throughout the 12 weeks. So that's why I'm recommending that cycle. And you'll get tremendous results on that. Um, it's one of the most dummy proof cycles you can do. Your appetite's going to be sky high. Your mood's going to be sky high. You're going to blow up. Okay. You're going to blow up on that stack. Now for advanced users, again, I'm going to go back to running Trembolone, I think a, a little bit higher dosage, you can go 300, 350 milligrams a week of the Trembolone. You can go with ACE or you can go with E, all right? If you do ACE, you do 50 milligrams a day. That's going to be 350 a week. Or you can do the Enethate. Enethate, you want to do about 300, 350 milligrams a week, twice a week total. And then you can stack a little bit of um, testosterone with it if you'd like. Um, I'll say 100 milligrams. Don't Stack very much with it. You don't need much, 100, 150, 125 milligrams a week. And then, no, I'm not going to say stack anadrol with that. I don't like stacking a harsh steroid like anadrol with trend. I'm going to tell you to stack in something much more mild, Anavar. Anavar um, at 50 milligrams a day will give you a nice anabolic, mild steroid to add in. And you can kind of let the trend do the work, but Anavar with trend is extremely powerful together. 
it's very, very underrated. I don't think people realize how powerful that stack is. So Rick, give us your thoughts on your three. All right. So for the newbie guy that is bulking, uh, want to help him bulk, but give him as little side effect concerns as possible. So we're going to stick with Tarina Ball. We're going to hit some testosterone and some equipoise with it. That's a nice little stack for that for that guy. Just guy starting off, Tarina Ball, help bulk, not a lot of estrogen concerns. Some testosterone doesn't need a lot. Uh, if there are, if there's a little bit of aromatization, it's fine to ride a little bit of that estrogen into some larger gains, as long as you don't get itchy nipples. You know, if you get the itchy nipples, you got to hit some Novadex, some Arimastain, some Aromacin, and a little bit of bloating from that testosterone, just a tiny bit of water retention should be fine. It'll make for some good gains. Equipoise, just a good steroid to throw into that stack, man. Just a good combination. So that's that's your uh, beginner guy. The more intermediate guy, D-ball. D-ball for bulking. This guy knows how to use some anti-estrogen. This guy knows what it feels like. Difference between just a little bit of water retention or, or guy in the Kamasi on the way. So definitely Dianable, testosterone, and Trembolone. Dianable, testosterone, and Trembolone. You will get some additional problems with aromatization on the testosterone and the Dianable together, just don't overdo it. Don't take a bunch of each of those. And the trembolone is in there. Multiply the effects of everything else. You got a you good stack. The big guy, the guy who's got a ton of experience, does high doses, anadrol for bulking. Definitely throw that anadrol in there for bulking. Also, now that we get three compounds, then I'm going to say anadrol, testosterone, and trembolone. Those three. Again, I'm not a big fan of mixing Trembolone and Anadrol or Trembolone and Winstrol or Trembolone and Deca or Deca and Anadrol, Deca, Winstrol. Those four, I found in my own experience when I've messed with those four and kept and let the dosing get too high, mess with my dick. Either my, my dick wouldn't get up or, or I'd get my dick up and then I couldn't come. Just, just terrible different sort of side effects that come from those four, mixing those four. Or, or taking too much of any one of those four. So, but this guy, he knows his shit, been around for a while, knows his body, working with a coach. He, he's good to mix, to mix those and, and be fine. And uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. That's what I got for Vulcan, man. So why don't you take us to recomp, Rick, and then I'll finish up with my recomp thoughts. All right, so recomp. Um, recomp cycle, newbie. Easy to recomp, lose body fat, gain muscle mass, Real, real, real easy recomp cycle to do. GW, Primo Bolin. And I'd like to say more Primo Bolin, but, but that's no fun. So GW, Primo Bolin, and then, again, Anavar. That would be a really good recomp stack. And I know it sounds like I'm repeating myself on the first, on the first one, on the cutting, but hear me out, guys. We're talking about a newbie, low side effects that'll actually get him results of losing body fat and gaining muscle mass at the same time. At that point, you're just tweaking your, your eating and your training to just put on some mass and not just completely cut down. So that's a good one. Intermediate guy, recomp. Primo Bolin. 
super draw, and equipoise. Primo Molin, equipoise, and super draw. That's a good combination to put together for that guy. More strength, more anabolic power. Uh, does need to worry a little bit more about side effects because you're doing three steroids, but it's a good, it's a good stack. Big guy, the pro, the guy on it all. Primo Bolin, Super Drill, and Growth Hormone. You know, Growth Hormone for that guy, for Recomp. He, he, he's on steroids for a nice long time, which is you need long time for human growth hormone to work properly. He's got a good plug to get real legit Primo Bolin. He knows how to handle the Super Drill side effects. Can probably go a little bit higher dosing than an intermediate guy using Super Drill. That's a good stack for uh, any any really experienced guy uh, trying to recomp to shed body fat as he gains muscle mass. What do you think, Steve? So I kind of want to go on the reverse, Rick. I want to start with the the advance because I'm so excited to talk about um, the cycle for an advanced user. It's a dream cycle. It's a cycle that I one day want to run. Um, if I could take a time machine and go back in time, 10 years, I would love to run it, you know, but you know, I'm an old man now and my, uh, my goals have changed. But if you, if you're an advanced user and you want to recom Trenbolone, Deca and Proviron, those three together. Oh my God. That would be the dream stack because you're covering all your bases. You're covering, you're running a mild anabolic in, in Deca you're running your testosterone base in DECA because DECA is testosterone with a atom change. And then you're running an androgen with trembolone. And then you're running a DHT derivative, which covers for your nandolone in proviron. So the way I would do it is very simple. 250 milligrams of trembolone, four, three or 400 milligrams of DECA, and then 50 milligrams a day of Proviron. And you could do it for eight weeks, maybe push it to 10 weeks. Now, a lot of people say, oh, Steve, you know, DECA, you should run DECA longer than that. You don't have to, guys, you don't have to run DECA longer than eight or 10 weeks. Because what happens is that as soon as you inject a steroid, it's going to start working. Now, it's not going to reach peak for five weeks, even, even maybe six weeks. But so what? You know, the trend is going to be running the cycle anyway. The DECA is just in there because it's going to be covering some of your mild bases. So that's a dream cycle if you want to recomp and you're an advanced lifter. And advanced lifter, advanced steroid user, and you must have already run DECA and you must have already run Trembolone already so you know how you react to them. So in that situation those three, oh my God, that is a dream cycle. That's probably the best cycle as far as covering all your bases that you could possibly run. Now let's say, let's go flip back to intermediate. I think for recomping, uh, I think for sure, keep the testosterone levels low if you want to run testosterone as your base. Again, a TRT does 100, 125 milligrams. That's it. If you run too much testosterone, you're just not gonna, you're not gonna, you know, be able to recomp because of, of the change. And then I would run, I would do some, a light dose of testo of Trembolone. I would do probably like 250 milligrams a week. And I would do ACE. The reason we do ACE is 
you can keep the cycle shorter and you can, in case there's side effects are really bad, once you come off of it, the side effects will trickle away quicker than if you run it the long ester of Trembolone of Enethate. So I could do, you could do like a seven or eight week cycle, testosterone, propionate, Trembolone acetate, and then you could stack in an oral, a, 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 like Anabar. Anabar would be perfect for recomping. You could do 30, 40, 50 milligrams of Anabar, maybe even 60 milligrams of Anabar if you wanted. And that's perfect for recomping. Eat perfect on, on the cycle, exercise, workout. You'll have great results. Newbies for recomping. One of the hardest thing to do if you are a newbie is recomping. It's extremely difficult to do. Many of you will fail and that's okay. As long as you try, that's the important part. Um, GW Carterine, I think has to be in there to help you with your fat loss. You gotta be exercising. You gotta be eating good. And I think that a simple cycle of some EQ, three, see 350 milligrams a week of EQ, maybe even 400 milligrams, and then a light dose of testosterone. I think that would be a really good recomp cycle for a newbie. And bust your ass, guys. Do a lot of cardio. Cardio is your friend. It burns. It helps you burn fat, but you got to do it hard. You got to do it hard. You can't just go on the elliptical for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and do the elliptical. You got to do some high-intensity cardio, guys. You got to take it to the next level, and you have to eat good. Don't go to the gym and, and work out and then go eat fast food. You're going to ruin your entire recomp. So recomping is extremely hard for newbies, guys. Um, look, it's, it's one of the hardest things you can do. So, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, that's the challenge of bodybuilding. If it was easy, everyone would be able to do it. It's so much easier either to bulk or cut, but recomping where you're actually building muscle and losing fat at the same time. That is the challenge of bodybuilding. And that's why a lot of us love it. A lot of us want the challenge. So you don't want to shy away from it, but just know that it's going to be very, very difficult, especially as a newbie. Diet and training. Number one, guys, you know, the steroids can help speed up the process. Picking the right compounds will help you kind of reach your goal quicker. But at the end of the day, look, man, you can, you can kind of sort of cut bulk recomp with almost anything as long as your diet and your training is where it needs to be. Now, some of you out there that might be listening to that say, oh, Rick, what the fuck are you talking about? You can't, you can't cut with Diana Ball, that kind of testosterone. Yeah, you fucking can, actually. You fucking could. You could do a testosterone, DECA, and Dianabol cycle, have a cutting training program, have a cutting diet, and you might gain some water. You might have some, you might have some water retention while you're on the cycle because of, of aromatization. But guess what? At the end of that cycle, once you flush that water out, you should have a net loss in body fat and a net gain in muscle mass or at least body fat loss. You can kind of sort of really what dictates what happens to your body is your diet and your training. Should your diet and training will dictate that even without the drugs. So don't rely on drugs to just get you where you need to be. You can get what you can get that you know is legit, stack it together and make, make the training and the diet 
the real core, the real base of what's going to get you to your goals. Steroids are only just going to make things happen a little bit quicker, make things look a little bit better while you're on them. But that that's about it, right? Right, Steve, would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's just harder. There's certain steroids where it's harder because they're filling up your your muscles with water. Most of your muscles are made up of water, so you're going to look fuller when you're running some of these compounds. And you know it's gonna be it's gonna be harder. Yeah, to if we're do. talking about a show, obviously you want to pick the absolute best compounds to look that way for the show. But if we're just talking about overall progress, get your hands on something that you can get that's legit, and make up the rest of it with your diet and your training. So on that note, guys, this is our show number four hundred, big show. Now what you're going to hear next, if you stay on, is going to be the interview I did of Steve Schmee here. Steve, I interviewed you for the Elite Fitness Podcast. So um, Elite Fitness. I'm looking forward to listening to it. I haven't, I haven't, it to yourself. I haven't heard it before. <laughs> so uh, EliteFitness.com, guys, come check it out. It's a little podcast. I do a little show I do on my own. I read some good articles, read them to you, like on some audible type of deal here, and also interview some of the guys in the industry, some really interesting interview. I had Steve on the chair uh, this week, and he's a good interview. So check it out, guys. It's right at the end of this podcast. Keep listening. And uh, I guess that's it, right? Yeah, number 400, guys, special episode. So listen to it. Give us your thoughts, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Ricky V, and today I'm bringing you episode number 13 of the Elite Fitness Podcast. And in this episode, I'm interviewing Steve Schmee. Steve is my co-host on the Evolutionary Radio Podcast. Evolutionary.org, guys. Go check it out. And uh, here's the interview. So, I mean, really young, I can remember, I don't know if you remember the movie Braveheart. I know you don't watch. I remember, I remember Braveheart. I remember Braveheart. Yeah. I was a kid. I so watched I, I watched Braveheart on my VCR, like a little TV in a, in a spare living room, like a little TV. And I hook up my VCR to it and I play parts of Braveheart. And I'd sit there and lift weights as I'm watching Braveheart, like some of the, the, the scenes, you know, the, the dramatic scenes. And um, I'd get a nice pump. And, you know, the way I started learning about weight training was, you know, I'd go to the library. And I check out books back then, you know, that's, that's what I had access to. You didn't have today, you know, the forums and all this other stuff. So I had a lot of fun at the library, good place to hang out with girls too. I had a lot of fun at the library growing up. The library would only let you check out two books per, per topic. Right. So I check out two weight training books, bring them home, read them, take them back, check out two more books. And that's how I learned about weight training. I used to go to a little shitty gym in my town. I, I grew up in a little town. We didn't have many gyms. 
Um, I, I didn't even think we had a gym in the entire town at the time. Now there's a gym on every corner. There's like a Planet Fitness, there's LA Fitness. There's gyms everywhere in every town. But back then, the only place I could work out was a little like basketball uh, gym. You know, I had a basketball court. I had a little crappy gym with machines, some dumbbells and stuff. Then I started working out in my um, high school weightlifting. We had this rundown, dusty weightlifting room, okay, that basically, you know, all the football players, you know, hung out and worked out at. So I go there, you know, uh, I started weight training in there. I was on the weightlifting team. And, uh, you know, I made varsity my first year. What, what would you say was your major drive and motivation for, uh, for training so hard and competing? I mean, we all have different reasons. Some people like yeah. to look good. Some people like the respect. Some people like competition and, and having to go through the physical training. is just a, a, something you have to do to compete. I think that's from, I mean, what is your actual really core motivation? I think it was a couple of things. It was having an older sibling who was very much into sports. And that kind of made me think it was normal to go. Some people enjoy to burn too, by the way. Some like there's some guys that don't care about where their body develops. They don't, they just have to push themselves. Also, when I was a kid, I go watch some of my uncles you know, um, they were on like minor league hockey teams and, and stuff like that. So, and I have other relatives, they played like tournaments, uh, for tennis and, and for other sports like that. So I'd go there and watch the tournaments. So that kind of got me into the competition and I love sports growing up. I love watching sports. So to me, it was normal to watch sports, play sports and in weightlifting. I think when you're, um, a, a shorter guy, I'm only like five, six. So when you're a shorter guy, nice thing about weightlifting, it's an even playing field because it's by weight class. So it's like wrestling, same thing. You know, you're, you're by, you don't have to worry about like, I couldn't go and play basketball. I couldn't do well at football because of my size, you know? And uh, so I couldn't get any playing time. I went to a very athletic high school, very, very athletic where very large school and we had a lot of athletes man we had athletes make it into professional sports um and so it was very very hard if i went out to play soccer it was very hard for me to get playing time if I went out for football very hard for me to get playing time but weight training you know i was a natural at it it was like it don't matter your size you know weightlifting anyone can do it doesn't matter. So as long as you just go in there and you put in the hours in the gym, you're going to, you're going to do well at it. So I was able to make varsity, you know, my first year weightlifting. And then my second year I was state state. Um, I went all the way to state. I was top 10 in my class at state. So I basically spent my entire summer break while everyone else was fucking around. I spent it in that fucking dusty ass weight room and I would drive there every morning and I would put in a, an hour, hour and a half lifting with some other football players. And most of the football team did not lift. Most of the football team was doing whatever. There was a few dedicated guys in there, and I was in there too. And um, the, one of the coaches for football, he was also the weightlifting coach. So he, he taught me a lot. Um, I had the same thing that you had. You had a good coach as well in high school. So he kind of taught me the ropes, and he was, um, he was a beast. 
So he kind of taught me uh, everything and got me into it. And I loved it because it was actually something I could compete in and push myself to do. And it was fun. And it gave me a lot of, gave me a lot of confidence and got me a lot of respect, you know? Yeah. yeah. What, what do you, um, what got you curious into, into steroids after so many years of natural training? What, like, do you remember the moment or, or the time or like when it clicked in that you realized you were interested in these, in these performance enhancement drugs and, and began uh, researching? Yeah. I can remember sitting in a class in school and they were showing Rocky, the Rocky, uh, the fourth one. If you remember where he was fighting the Russian guy and they were Broncos. injecting, yeah. He, yeah, they were injecting him with steroids. Probably no Turin, one, probably Turinoval, right? Because that's what they uh, did in the Russia. Well, they were injecting him with steroids. So it was in, I, I, I know it wasn't an oral, but I, I just Turinoval is what came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the kids in the class blurted out, he's like, oh, he's cheating. He's using steroids. That's why he's such a good boxer. And I told him, I was like, no, dude. That's not, it's not about steroids. The guy is a great boxer from practice and his skills and his genetics. You can't just take steroids to become a great boxer. So I understood that I had a very high fitness IQ from a young age and, and other people didn't get it. So I had absolutely no reason to use steroids. I didn't even know that you could get steroids. I don't even think, I never saw steroids, man. I hung out with the football players. I hung out in the weight room. I never saw anybody messing around with steroids. I'm sure there were a few guys using them, but I did not see it. I'm sure today, you know, late teens, steroids in a typical suburban high school, you know, uh, I'm sure like your kids, you know, in high school, they're going to see steroid use. Um, kids nowadays have a lot more money. I mean, I was making five twenty an hour, a nickel above minimum wage. Now kids, you know, grandma and, and daddy and mommy give them money. So they have excess money uh, to go spend it on stuff like steroids. I didn't even think about using steroids at that age. So the first time I got exposed to steroids, I was in my late 20s and I was, um, I was weight training and stuff. And a friend of mine brought up the idea about using steroids and he recommended a website. So I went on the website and I ordered them and uh, I did a lot of research on forums posted a lot and I learned everything I could. That's how I am. I learned, want to learn everything I could about steroids before I touched them. And then once I, I learned enough, you know, I kept on learning and, and started using them. And from there I started helping people on the forums that had helped me paying back the favor. And uh, that's how I got involved in the forums. And that's why today I'm, you know, moderating all these forums and doing all these podcasts and, writing all these articles and stuff. It's just from, that's how I started out. I just had to work my way up, man. It was never, there was never anything given to me at all. It was just completely uh, starting from scratch, but a lot of information out there. And uh, a lot of the people that helped me originally, you know, they, they are just gone. Like no I'm, longer around, huh? Yeah. It's just, uh, that's the problem with this, with fitness. That's the problem with gyms is that people, they don't stick around. They quit. You know, a lot of quitters out there and they, and that's fine. Not everybody. A high is, turnover rate in this industry for sure. Yeah. And, it, but that's okay. You know, not everybody is made to weight train and everybody is uh, made to run steroids. A lot of people run steroids and they realize that, you know, steroids aren't the answer that they're not helping them. So they run a few cycles and they're like, you know, I'm not getting where I need to go and they quit. 
And that's how, that's how it works. That's why gyms, it's such a cyclical business owning a gym. People sign up then people quit. Then other people sign up and people quit. It's a constant turnover, you know? So, but I mean, I stuck with it, you know, because um, I think, like I said, just growing up, you remember, you remember any, any guys that stood out to you from the forums back in the day that are, are now gone? Maybe you could talk about maybe some, something you learned from someone specifically that that just kind of fell, yeah. fell by the wayside. I mean, um, I, I didn't honestly learn much from them. A lot of them, um, a lot of them were just giving out like just cookie cutter information, just regurgitating information. And that's something that I tried not to do. On the forums, I tried to give people actual information based on science and based on my own experiences and anecdotal evidence of, and uh, my clients, blood work, all that, all that stuff. Um, so, you know, um, so I mean, I would say, I, you know, that, I, I remember your, your, uh, I remember you from way back in the day from your, your, the, before you had a username that was similar to your name, like you do now. And uh, I do remember you coming up as just, uh, just another rep. Um, working under a bunch of different different dudes and you stuck with it for going a decade now man now you're now you're one of the one of the leading guys uh in everything we do here with the content and all that so definitely stuck with it man part of the reason what's made you stick with it so what's made you stick with it so long because i mean you realize you're not you're not com- you're not competing anymore. You're not stepping on stage, but yet you're probably one of the most consistent guys I know when it comes to being up for the game, for for the training, for talking about this, for being about this lifestyle every single day. Well, I mean, it's about you know, it's two things. You know, um, I remember Nate from the forums. He's your old uh, buddy, and he uh, he always stressed karma. He's like, you help someone, they're gonna help you back. So kind of he taught me that. Like, so my my whole thing is I want to help people out there. I genuinely care about helping people. Uh, I have people ask me, you know, who are overweight. I have a different philosophy for overweight people. We had a podcast with me, you, Nelson and Dylan, and I wish I could have, you know, been more vocal, but, you know, this blame the victim mentality that a bunch of, you know, guys who are lean, who are bodybuilders who've been doing it 30 years, it's not fair to just come out and say, you know, oh yeah, you're fat, it's your fault because it's not, you know, like a lot of us between the four of us, we all been doing this a long time and we all have, you know, we grew up in this culture. So for us, it's easy, but for other people who didn't grow up that way, they grew up with parents who fed them, you know, McDonald's every day and, you know, and who did not show them about exercise I grew up watching family members exercise three hours a day, like every single day in 95 degree heat. So, I mean, that installed a, a, a crazy mentality that I have today to about this stuff. But if you didn't grow up that way, you're not going to have that. You're not going to have that ability to just stick with it. Like you said, you're going to quit, you know, because you're going to realize, you know, what am I doing? Why am I wasting my time doing this when I'm not getting anywhere? So one of the things I like to do is help help people who have been shut out by society, whether it be on social media or by a personal trainer who's giving them shitty advice or whatever. That's that's what I enjoy doing. 
That's my, that's the cream. Of There's crime. a lot of that going on now. A lot of personal trainers with shitty, shitty advice. Yeah. My main clientele is not people who are getting ready for competitions. I've helped probably, probably like 15, 20% are competitors and my clients, but 75, 80% are just average people who come to me and I'm able to take them to a level they've never been able to go because I've been showing them strategies and some of those strategies I'm going to talk about on this podcast, but I put them in a situation where, look, I was the same way. I was the underdog. I was the guy who couldn't get any playing time when I played soccer. I couldn't get playing time because I didn't grow up playing soccer. I didn't have the skill set to play soccer. I was fast, but I never played soccer growing up. Like some of these other guys who've been playing soccer since six years old, I was a disadvantage football. I was small. I was a small guy. The coach wouldn't give me any playing time because I was a small guy. You know, I'm going up against guys who, you know, are getting scholarships at division one schools. You know, he's going to put me in in garbage time. He's going to put me in, in like a, with a minute left in the game when we're up 50 to nothing. That's, that's the playing time I got. So, yeah, I know, I know where these people are coming from. They're the same way with weight training. So I try you know, to, I, I want to throw something in just to, yeah. just to answer what you said. I, uh, I agree with I agree with a lot of it with a lot of what you said, and and you said don't blame the victim mentality. I'll tell you what: when I get an individual in front of me, I'm um, or on the phone, obviously, I'm I'm very compassionate about each person's problems and and what leads them to overeat and what leads them to to just like that discipline to take care of their bodies, and then they feel ashamed of themselves. I really try to work with the individual, but I got to tell you something, man. When we get on these podcasts. I try to be very non-forgiving, zero tolerance, because it's, believe it or not, man, there's a good section of our guys out there that love hearing that shit. They love hearing from me, from us even, how you're not supposed to overeat, how you, these things are not acceptable, how we're not giving them an out of like, oh, your feelings, you weren't taught the right way, bad habits. No, we're kind of just saying like, fuck your bad habits, fuck all it is just get it right and there are some guys that that have commented me to have commented and said hey i i like li i listen to this podcast over and over again because of what you're saying in there it gets me pumped up to just get it done so i guess people can be motivated different ways um and i guess i put more i put on more of a of a body shaming act it's just an act that we do here on the show uh when we do when we're on our evolutionary podcast show because uh, I think some people respond to that very, very well. But you don't, you don't like to motivate people that way, right? You don't, you're not uh, that kind of rah, rah, rah kind of. I, I think that, um, see, is the thing like with people, I believe in educating people first. You educate people first. And um, because here's the thing, like if you watch TV, right? I know you don't watch TV, but if you watch, say, sports, okay? You know, like if you ever like watch sport, like watch tonight, watch the hockey game tonight, and you'll notice during the commercials, every other commercial is food and it's nothing healthy, but they market it to people, to overweight people or people who, you know, are trying to get in better shape and they market it as healthy. And we all know that, like, I mean, I would hope people listening to this are smart enough to realize that, but you know, there's no such thing as healthy restaurant food. There's no such thing as healthy fast food, but they market it that way because that's where the money is in the food industry. There's no money 
advertising salad on TV. There's no money advertising a nice grass-fed burger on TV with that's wrapped in lettuce. There's no money in advertising fruits on TV, you know? So that's all that's advertised. So how can we blame people for being fat when they're fed that eating subs is healthy or going to McDonald's and eating McDonald's food is healthy because you're, you're counting your calories, you're fitting those, your macros, it's this many calories and, and it's low fat or no fat. And all that is wrong. All that is wrong. Fat people should not be following a low fat or no fat diet. Fat people should not be eating any fast food. That includes Subway, that includes McDonald's, that includes Chipotle, that includes all that shit. It's all refined oils. It's all garbage food. You know, you should be learning about proper nutrition. That's the number one thing you should. I, that's what I try to do is I educate people that these substances we're putting in our body don't belong in our body. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Once you educate them, then you can motivate them. But I think, um, I guess the part where I, I take a different approach is as far as, uh, education, I think a lot of people kind of know what they're not supposed to be fucking eating and they just have a willpower issue to, to, to think. Not I mean, at all. I mean, you, you have not ha at all. So you've, ha you've never ran across someone that understands, dude, but they just I have dated, a willpower issue. Dude, I've dated women. Okay. Women, my age are all obsessed about keeping the pounds off. You know how it goes, right? The, I lighted a girl. She would not eat anything unless it was no fat or low fat. She would that, eat. That, that's kind of stupid. But she, because she thought fat made you fat. That's dumb. I dated another girl who did Weight Watchers. She was not even overweight, but she did Weight Watchers and she could not lose weight. She would drink so diet soda because diet soda has zero calories. And according to Weight Watchers, you can drink diet soda because it has zero calories and it won't affect your, your, your weight loss. So, yes, it is, it is incorrect. You know, even even if your body can't even if your body can't uh, do anything with these artificial sweeteners, their guts, their bacteria in your gut that actually can do something with some of these artificial sweeteners, and it's it's not not bueno. It's not a good thing. Well, I mean, that's not so something we're supposed to be consuming. We're supposed to be consuming good quality water. That's what we've been consuming since humans have been on the earth. Every wild animal on earth, every animal on earth drinks water. They don't drink diet soda. So to think that you can drink diet soda and reach your fitness goals makes absolutely no sense. But they don't understand that because if you turn on the TV, they advertise diet soda as zero calories. So people think, hmm, zero calories. Water is zero calories. Diet soda is zero calories. Hmm, I might as well drink the diet soda because I'm addicted to it. So it, they don't know, bro. They don't know this stuff. So this is what I do on this podcast. And this is what I do on these podcasts and on the forums. I try to educate people that you should be consuming more healthy fats, not less. Because healthy fats are good for you and healthy fats blunt insulin. What do you, um, what would you say is uh, uh, something that guys on the forums are all kind of in agreement with, or they all push, let's say you could use that word, idea that they push, that you maybe are are standalone guy in disagreement with it? The whole uh, if it fits your macros or calories, counting your calories, eating in a deficit, all that stuff. Because here's the thing, here's the truth. Let's say you're eating 3000 calories a day. Okay. And then you drop your calories to 2,500 calories. Your calories out is also going to drop. You know what I'm saying? 
you don't just magically get to drop how much calories you're getting in your body and your body magically keeps burning the same amount of calories. So even though calories in calories out is scientifically true, that does make a difference. People don't count how many calories are coming out of their body. So if you eat less food, eat less calories, your body is going to burn less calories. So you can't take a fat person and just tell them eat in a deficit every day and you're going to lose fat because what's going to happen is they're going to eat less food and initially they'll lose fat, but then the body is going to react by also burning less calories. So it's not just, you know, you, that doesn't Maybe work. You, you, you need to, you need to weight train and, and also do cardio and then. Well, that's another, that's another thing. Yeah. The whole. Cause that, 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 I know what you're saying about metabolism. No, no, no. Check this out. Less calories. There's yeah. actually, we're going to be doing on the evolutionary podcast about studies. And one of the studies I'm going to show you guys that listen to the podcast is that the whole eat less, move more thing that people always say on the forums as a solution to losing weight is, is wrong. Because if you weight train every day for an hour versus sitting on the couch watching TV, you burn just about the same amount of calories. Doesn't make a, it doesn't make a goddamn difference. You could sit on your ass and watch TV and burn almost the same amount of calories. You're still burning calories. But, 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 it, but then it, it, your, your rest and metabolism goes up for the rest of the day when you train versus not, right? No, according uh, to although, study, although otherwise they just it's very so then anybody that's the only thing would be, would be in shape if, no, if, it's, the, if it's running. But Rick, Rick, the only the only the only thing that's been shown is that if you train like a madman, like if you go for fucking two hours and you go fucking sprinting and do high intensity training and do lots of fucking hot yoga and all this stuff, that's where you burn. The excess money, but just going and fucking weight training for 50 minutes, like most guys do, and, and doing the typical weight training session, that's not going to give you the right to go to fucking Chick-fil-A and have a fucking uh garbage food. That's not gonna give you the and then not if you want abs, not if you wanna if you want to but that's that's see, that's that. the mistake yeah, that yeah. guys think. I see so many people they go work out. And then afterwards, they go fucking get fast food because they say, you know, what? I just worked out. I burned a thousand calories, so I'm gonna go eat a thousand calorie meal. So, and I'm, I'm, and I'm, you know, that's my maintenance. You but you're never gonna get anywhere doing that. You're just gonna spin your wheel. So, the proper thing to do would be to exercise. I'm not saying don't exercise, but I'm saying that you can absolutely eat a nutritious diet if you're an overweight person, and you can lose weight without exercising. That's you know, that I is just, a fact. I just realized something as we're here, here talking about this. It's something I've had in my mind, but I probably never made sense out of it until you just spoke about it. Me personally, I train cardio for cardio and for performance and for endurance and to actually not get tired and for the actual benefits of the cardio for when I spar, when I you know, wrestle my kids. I never do cardio for weight loss, particularly. I understand that doing cardio keeps my metabolism, my my caloric burning up all day round the clock for, for having those sessions of cardio. But I never, you know what I focus on personally, do diet. When I when I feel like I need I want to lose weight where I'm getting a little chunky, I focus more on diet and cutting down. I don't, I just my cardio is just my cardio for health benefits. And I think. I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of people go in, in there, get on the treadmill, thinking that they're in the treadmill at that moment, they're burning off some of the stuff they ate. And 
it's kind of not like that. You're, you're priming your body for your I've seen the same people yeah. every day. I walk in the weight rooms. I work out about this. You know, we all work out at the same time. I see the same fucking people on the treadmill or on the elliptical. And after like two years, they don't look any different. Oh yeah. So, yes. I've seen so, many of guys that their make heart absolutely health, no changes, but their heart health is good. Is good for doing that cardio. It's going to be better than sitting on the couch. Absolutely. But they're not going anywhere when it comes to weight loss because your body, the whole metabolism thing is another thing that's completely, people don't understand metabolism. Just because you're fat doesn't mean you have a slow metabolism. Just because your skin doesn't mean you have fast metabolism. Your metabolism changes constantly because that's the way it's, it is on planet earth. Every animal metabolism changes. Those, those lions in Africa during the dry season, you think they keep their metabolism high? No, their metabolism slows down because there's food is scarce. Then during the rainy season, when food is more plentiful, their metabolism goes up. It's called survival. And our bodies are the same way. Your metabolism switching on and off. It's like a furnace. It's like your air conditioner at home. It's going to constantly go up and down um, every day. And this whole thing where I'm just going to eat in a deficit every day and lose weight, it just doesn't work for people. And it's been shown to be a failure for 99% of people who are trying to lose weight. Now, a lot of guys, you know, we had a conversation, me, you, Nelson, and Dylan. It works for us, okay? We can follow, you know, the maintenance diet and count our calories. It'll work on us because we're already lean, okay? We're already lean, so we can stay around the same weight, no problem. But for someone who's overweight, just sitting down and following, say, a 500-calorie-a-day diet, like this ACG diet. Remember the ACG diet that was so popular a few years ago? I know so many people who did it. Guess yeah, what? Yeah, the ACG they diet weigh more. Trash, they yeah. weigh more after the ACG diet than they did before. You know why? Because they were eating 500 calories a day, but they're burning no fucking calories because they crashed their fucking, their, their metabolism crashed. So what happened was initially they lost some weight and then they gained it all back and some because they crashed your metabolism. Your body's not going to burn the same amount of calories. Think about it. If you're on a stuck on a deserted island for a, for a month and you don't have much food to eat, you think your body is going to still burn the same amount of calories? No, your body is going to burn barely any calories because it's trying to survive. You see what I'm saying? It's trying to survive. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I, I do. Um, I do agree that there's too many people that get on the treadmill and they think about that cupcake they ate and how they're going to burn it off at the treadmill. It doesn't fucking work. No, no, it doesn't work so like that. Just, just, that don't, just don't have the fucking cupcake and go on the treadmill because you want your heart health. You want your body to be primed, to be able to perform, to yeah. be healthy. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you spend on a treadmill. You eat that cupcake, it's going to get stored as fat because your insulin levels are going to go sky high more than they should ever go as a human being because refined sugars spike your insulin levels to a stratospheric levels. And it takes a long time to come back down. So as your insulin levels are sky high, your glucagon levels are down, your body's going to be storing fat. It's going to be storing fat, storing fat, storing fat, storing fat to be used at a later time. But because it never really needs to use that fat, you're never going to lose it back because you're never going to Plus, be in a, um, a famine when, state when unless you fast. Run. When Unless you, you fast. When you're in that run, your body is using the calories that are readily available, is using the calories that are in the liver, and it'll most likely start to eat away at muscle mass before it really gets to the fat, right? I mean, it's just um, yeah. The the, the treadmill is not not the place to work off the, the bad the bad eating habits, that's for sure. But I don't want people to misunderstand what I'm saying. Cardio is very important. I do a lot of cardio to boost your heart health. 
you want to boost your heart, but do not use cardio to lose weight because it's not going to work. It's diet. Diet is how you lose weight, but you have to diet correctly. You can't just eat in the deficit and then your body's going to burn less calories in the process. So it's going to, you know, your body's, your body's in survival mode. That's how it works. Our bodies are trying to survive a, a, a period of not enough food. So it's going to burn less. Can you imagine if we burn the same amount of calories every day? Can you imagine if our ancestors um, back in, um, you know, 100 BC, uh, they burn the same amount of calories every day. How did they survive viruses? How did they survive volcanoes? How did they survive? It's impossible to. All these natural disasters where you can't, you may not be able to get food for a long time. You may have to go long distances for food. They, they, they would have went extinct. Every animal on earth is the same way. Every animal on earth burns different amount of calories, you know, every day. And that's how it is. So counting your calories is the wrong thing to do. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's, that's the one thing on forums that guys don't get, but it's an easy answer. Oh, burn, um, uh, eat less and move more. It just doesn't work though, you know, to burn fat. So that's what I specialize in. I specialize in helping people lose weight and burn fat. And, uh, you know, that's, that's my main thing. That I what, what, what would you, I mean, uh, so when it counts up, if it fits your macros is something you're, you're fully against. And, and so am I. I, I think people should have a good wholesome diet with good, good whole organic foods. And that's very important. It's not just if it fits your macros. What other mistakes or bad advice are you seeing out there on the forums? Something I really wanted to get you talking about in this interview today, because you are on the forums every day. You read everything that's said and comes across. And I'm just very curious. What else is you hear these parrots, you know, out there repeating that, you know, it's not true that you completely disagree with, uh, you know, take advantage now and let us all know. I think it's, it's, it's most, I, I think nutrition is the number one thing that people just don't understand. And it boils down to simple boils on education. These people, you ask them, what was the last nutrition book you read? And they're like, Oh, I never read a nutrition book. Yeah. They don't know because the information's there. If you just read the information is there, we know the studies. Um, they actually study this stuff in Europe. Another thing, another big mistake, I think, and this is us, this is, again, it's us in this industry. People don't understand the genetic aspect to this. They actually did a study in Europe. They took twins that were adopted, skinny twins adopted to fat families, fat twins adopted to skinny families, right? Where their genetics were the opposite. Those skinny twins that went to different places, right? They were skinny as adults. Those fat twins that went to two different places, one went to a fat family, one from the skinny family, they stayed fat. So there is a huge genetic element to, to your body, your body structure. And again, we don't, a lot of these guys don't get it because they're meatheads. They have tremendous genetics. Those are the guys who I was like on the bench and watching because they had great genetics. They were on the football field. They were on basketball. They were always getting picked first. They have fantastic genetics. A lot of you guys listening know exactly who you are. <clears throat> but, you know, at the end of the day, you're putting down people who have bad genetics 
when you have tremendous genetics and you think that your way of weight training and your way of dieting is going to work on them and you're advising them to follow what you're doing, but you don't understand that because you have such good genetics. You think that it's so fucking easy that people can just do what you do. And if you go to a gym and you watch a big meathead personal trainer training a fat person and guess what they're doing, right? They're on the ab machine doing abs, doing crunches on the ab machine and the fucking fat person has a big gut and they're doing abs because the personal trainer thinks that if he just puts the fat person on, on the ab machine, they're going to they're gonna work their abs where they're, they're going to get skinny like him and, and have a six pack. It doesn't work like that. Because he doesn't, he just doesn't get it. So I think that's my advantage over some of these other guys is I don't have that great jock genetics. I was never the kid first picked, you know, in school. I was a little skinny, fast kid. That's it. You know, so I think that's what gives me an advantage when it comes to training these other guys. And that's why you see in the NFL, most head coaches never play professional sports. And a lot of them, they not even played college sports but they're still coaching because some people are great at coaching and some people are great at playing. The players don't coach themselves. If, if a player coached themselves, it would be a disaster. It would be a disaster. So that's what I think that's the other big misconception that people have. And I think you have it too. Sometimes I feel like you have that misconception too, when you're, uh, when you're, you know, and, and I have it too, because my genetics are, are good. I mean, I'm, good genetics. I don't have great genetics. I'm not a Mr. Olympia or anything, but I have, I have good genetics. But the thing is, I uh, there's always someone with worse genetics. Well, you know what I'm talking about? Like if you went for the basketball team, you wouldn't have made the basketball team because of your height. I wouldn't have been able to make a basketball team because of my height. So, I mean, we get that because we excelled at weight training. We excelled at wrestling. We excelled at those types of things where you didn't have to be six foot tall and you could weigh anything. And being a lower weight is an advantage. But like the guys who didn't have that problem, who are six foot two and, you know, 220 pounds, they don't get, they don't get our situation. I don't, I don't know, man. Maybe just the, the high school I went to, but I saw a lot of big guys that couldn't, couldn't run with the rock for shit. So a lot of tall guys that couldn't, that couldn't run, shoot and steal. Uh, and I've seen a lot of smaller guys that could run with the rock that could shoot and, um, and, got got those positions um but you're absolutely right two players with the same ability let's say basketball one of them is you know 10 inches 12 inches taller than the other one same athletic ability of course the taller guy has advantage same thing with a football players you know even if two players are around the same uh, uh height and and run just as fast if one guy's heavier than the other by you know 20 30 40 pounds at the same speed now you've got now you've got a, a freight train and it's, that guy has an advantage but we still get a lot of small players man uh, um everywhere even professional prof there's been a couple of uh professional basketball players that are below six foot tall uh, i think yeah but, but my point is you asked me you know what people on forums are doing wrong and that's yeah, yeah, the main yeah. thing they gotcha. don't grasp that their gotcha. genetics are so good that they're trying to help someone out and that's why people quit that's why people quit the forums that's why people quit gyms because nobody's helping them nobody's guiding genetic freaks a lot of genetic freaks out there get away with 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 murder and they look great at, at dude i one of the guys that i play football with 
He ended up going to the NFL. He ended up getting drafted. He never once showed up in the weight room that entire summer where I was in there an hour a day, like clockwork. Every day at 10 o'clock, I would be there before work. That was that I would do that and I'd go to work at 12 o'clock. Every day I went in there, I never once saw him. He ended up winning. He ended up getting top three at weightlifting state and ended up going to the NFL for football. He never spent one freaking minute in the weight room the entire summer. He never fucking weight trained. So yes, there is a genetic element, but like I said, even guys on the forum who have above average genetics don't grasp that. And they think that they can just have some overweight person with 30% body fat, who's never weight trained in their life and just have them follow what they're doing. And that person will turn into them. And it doesn't work like that. That's so that is the main problem. It's not just on forums. It's in, it's in gyms. It's with personal trainers. It's with everything. So I have that unique ability to coach people at any level and help them achieve their fitness goals. That's, that's where what, I have. What are some, um, getting, just getting a, away from diet just a little bit. What are some of the mistakes you see guys making and, and parroting, obviously bad advice being parroted out there on these forums about steroids, compounds and steroid use compound use for either bulking or cutting, because I see a lot of bullshit out there both ways. What, what do you, uh, I think the, the main problem that we're seeing the past few years is these guys who are on TRT. These guys aren't TRT because they fucked up, right? And a couple of them I'm friends with, and they admit, yeah, I fucked up, you know? But a lot of them, they're on TRT like at 35 years old. So because they didn't run their steroid cycles correctly, they ran the wrong stacks, they ran their steroid cycles too long, and they're giving these guys who are in their 20s steroid advice and fucking them up just like they fucked themselves up. So my mentality is, look, if you're on TRT, who the fuck are you to give some guy in their 20s advice on how to run a PCT and how to run a cycle properly when you fuck yourself up? That's my that's the main problem I see, because you don't have to ever worry about your reproductive system. You don't have to worry about what your LH is, your FSH is, your testosterone levels, because you're on TRT the rest of your life. So, you don't. how do you hell do you know how to read blood work? You, you don't you don't cycle on and off. You know, I cycle on and off. I run one or two cycles a year. I run my blood work. I come off. I recover properly. I've done that from the start. And back when I got into the got into the forums, that's what people do did. Nowadays, everybody's going on TRT because nobody wants to cycle off properly. So I, that's the main mistake I see. But these guys, you know, they're they're again they're giving advice based on their own experiences, not based on what's best for that particular person. And what works for them when it comes to cycling will not work on other people. It's just going to fuck them up the way, the way, same way they got fucked up. So that's, that's to me, the main problem. That's interesting. That's a very interesting observation. Um, I do see a lot of, uh, a lot of bad advice out there. I'm glad you're on the forums to, to help out uh, because, uh, <laughs> yeah but he's the people know. giving advice i mean god bless them they're trying to help but how how the hell do you know about where someone's testosterone levels need to be after a cycle or where their lh needs to be or the fsh when you've been on trt for the past 20 years who the fuck are you to give advice you know and who the fuck are you to give advice and say oh this this steroid does this this steroid does that we never even use the steroid see that's the thing i'm different than these guys i've run everything you could possibly run. I've run things from Trembolone 
to DMP, to Superdrol, all this, to Clembutrol, to Albutrol. I ran them because I was asked to write articles on these compounds. And I'm not going to write article on something or give advice on something that I don't know nothing about. And if I don't, if I never ran something, I'll tell people on the forum straight up, hey, I never ran this before, you know, but this is based on what happened with my clients or this is what happened with some, you know, other people on forums. You know, I'll, I'll tell them that. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and say, "Oh, trend is not good for you. EQ does this to your heart health." Blah blah blah. It's like, dude, have you ever run trend or EQ? I'm like, oh no, I, I'm not. I never ran them. Then who the fuck are you to give advice on it? Like, if you never fucking ran and ran blood work, how the fuck do you know what it does to you? That's the thing that doesn't make any sense to me. So I think that's that's the main problem too. Is guys, you've never ran the fucking compound, you shouldn't be giving advice. I'd be me giving advice about cocaine. I never ran, I never fucking took cocaine. I never took heroin. How the fuck am I going to give advice on heroin? You know, it took me about seven years to get through most of the popular steroids out there and and tried them all at the first start. And it's taking me the another, I don't know, 14 years now to try everything else that's out there. It takes a long time. If you really want to do it right and know what the fuck you're talking about. You got to run these compounds by one by one for short periods of time. And then you stack them and then you journal. And it's, uh, yeah, gaining the experience of the level at least you and I are at. We can talk about these compounds the way we do. We spent a lot of time and a lot of money buying these fucking things, using these things, uh, reporting our results, logging it on the forums, all of this stuff. And yeah, man, uh, um, Probably the, only compounds, don't even have it. The, only, the only compounds off the top of my head, I've never used YK11, which is sold as a SARM. I've never used that. And I tell people I've never used it, but I can tell you, you know, a little bit about it, how to dose it and stuff based on what other people have ran, but I'm not an expert on it. I don't consider myself an expert because I've never ran it before. And then meant Trestalone. I've never run Trestalone. That's, those are the two compounds, like, I ran and those are really rare compounds anyway that people don't run. But for me to sit here and say I'm an expert on trend, if I've never ran trend, that's fucking ridiculous. I ran trend like eight times, like, I don't know, like six or seven times, probably trend, trend cycles. So yeah, I consider myself very knowledgeable on trend, you know, but if I've never ran trend before, who the fuck am I to say that trend does this or trend does that if I've never ran it? that's that doesn't make any sense to me not with steroids you know and it's not like coaching a football team if you've never actually played professional football and you coach a football team that's coaching i'm talking about using using steroids and coaching football are not the same thing so you can't use that advantage and call me a hypocrite because it's not the same thing at all you have to know what these compounds do to your body and what to do to your blood work to give an accurate assessment of them. Yeah, you can't you can't just be an armchair uh, chemist. <laughs> like you really have to have tried all the stuff, giving it a shot, know what you're doing, know what you're doing with it. That is that is for sure, man. So, here's another question I have for you because I know you've been around the game a long time. Like I said, I still I think I still remember your, your first username out there. It's almost 15 years ago. Um, what do you think about? the progression that we've seen as far as new drugs coming out newer and better drugs that continue coming out what have you what have you noticed what is your feeling on it because we when we started pro hormones were still legal 
Um, then SARM started to come around, then new peptides came out, and then they got rid of some pro-hormones, which now are, are available in the black market, then more SARMs came out. I mean, you've seen all of the transition of what, what how every couple of years there's just newer stuff available. Give me your opinion on that a little bit. And also tell me, where do you see this going as far as... It's, yeah, it's mostly full circle on this. We see some grifters out there. And if I interviewed on my prior podcast who are like, oh, there's this new thing coming out. It's going to revolutionize things. We're coming up with this, blah, blah, blah. We're doing ex- formulas, blah, blah, blah. It's all grifting, you know? At the end of the day, you know, these compounds are out there. You had the whole Balco thing where they came up with, you know, made all in these, these hormones, okay, that could evade being detected, you know, they got busted in the end. So that's not going to work. So what else is there to figure out? Like, I think by now we figured out everything we have to figure out. So that's like a question, like you have to ask someone who's like, thinking like way down the line, but I don't think in you our think my statin inhibitors will, will be uh, a thing within our lifetime, like something really good and reliable that could replace everything within our lifetime or not. I, th- I think at the end of the day, um, we're so lagged when it comes to medical. I mean, we still haven't found out a cure for cancer. We still haven't found out a cure, you know, for all these viruses out there and these bacteria keep outsmarting us. Like, you know, all these antibiotics, a lot of them are, are obsolete. They don't work anymore on people. So I think that nature is always one step ahead of us. And it's, it's very hard for us to, to catch up to nature. And with myostatin inhibitors, the problem with them is if you take one, you know, what's it going to, how, how does it specifically know to grow a specific muscle? You know, what if it grows your brain? What if it grows your heart? What if it grows your butt? What if it grows something you don't want to be grown? You know, how does it prevent that? There's so, still uh, they're still testing some of this on on some animals, and so I mean, you know. I, I think nature has ways to kind of punish us. So I don't think myostatin inhibitors. It's not something I'd ever ever mess with at all. I don't think it's it's. I don't think that. Um, I think it's going to punish you if you take something like that. It's going to grow something you don't want grown. I've seen studies where they studied it on females and the females actually grew their thighs. You know, it was, um, you know, it's not going to do what you want to do. So I, I don't, I don't know, man. That's, that's a tough question. I had this debate with my old podcast co-host years ago and he, uh, he was talking about how things are going to change in 10 years, blah, blah, blah or five years, how things are going to be so different and five years went by and nothing's changed. If anything, we've been regressing. Well, he's, uh, he's making, he's making injectable SARMs now, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like they're coming up with all these different. Have you you heard anyone using injectable SARMs and how, how do they work out for them? Um, no, I have not, I have not heard that, but we have some people post on forums that it hasn't gone well. So it has not gone well. No, no. Most, I mean, most of the SARMs out there is crap. It's crap. It's fake. So yes. that's how we explain it. Yeah. That is true. A lot of um, a lot of stuff out there is is being dropped out with pro hormones or really cheap uh, uh, steroids and things like that. It's it's. Um, I mean, there's no more S four in the market, right? All of the raw material to make S four dried up, as far as I, I understand. Yeah, you have to talk to some of the other SARMs guys on that. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, what do you think has changed as far as um, when you first got on the scene and you were out there looking for a source, buying steroids, buying juice versus how it is today? What, what have you seen to be the major changes in the steroid market? Because of the form, because of we have so many steroid forms now and we saw a big growth of underground labs like every other person seems like they were making steroids out of their toilet at home so we saw this huge increase in underground labs and that basically drove the price of steroids down so the price of steroids now are ridiculously low way way lower than they should be and a lot of that has to do with obviously you know the strength of the dollar versus other currencies and and just the cost of living in the United States has gone up. So like for an American to buy like a vial of gear, it's like chump change. It's like the price less than the price to wash your car. So anybody now can buy steroids. When I first bought steroids, I had to order it from Europe overseas and I had to pay a lot of money. I mean, it costs you a thousand bucks for a cycle if you count the cycle and shipping and stuff. Now it's so much cheaper. It's like a third of that. So the price has definitely come down and availability has gone way up. A lot of people wanted to get into industry. So, and a lot of big part too, is the government over the past decade has not been going after these sources. So they've been kind of letting them run, run rampant. And, uh, and some some of these guys have gotten slammed down pretty hard. If you notice the people who gotten slammed, okay. Like Boston Lloyd, his buddy got slammed is because his buddy copied the name of an actual pharmaceutical company and dipped his hands in their pocket. So if you dip in someone else's pocket, who's a big fish, a big whale, then you're going to get your hand snapped off. But if you're an underground lab and you don't fuck with other people's money, they're not going to mess with you. They don't have you know time to mess with you. So a lot of that caused them to, to go. But what ended up driving these people out of business was their gear was so shitty that guy started posting, hey, I got a big fucking red well. I got an infection from your gear, whatever. So they started getting sloppy. And that kind of drove those people out of business because they lost all their customers. So once you get bad reviews on your on your crappy gear, then you're done. The forums done for. don't, yeah, the forums do not forgive. Like you're you not gonna be Bitcoin, able to do that. you think Bitcoin has made it easier or better to buy steroids than before because before we used to have to go to western union then there was there was e-gold after that but you had to still go to western union for e-gold yeah i mean what have you do you think bitcoin has made a big change yeah yeah um it's a lot easier the problem with MoneyGram and western union is it's a big hassle like you said big hassle and then you got to deal with those employees and they they feel like they're entitled, like you're wasting their time, like they're doing you a favor, even though you're the customer. So yeah, Bitcoin has made it a lot easier. Yeah. Is anybody, do you know of anybody or how guys that are buying juice with Bitcoin, maybe even on the source side, are dealing with the fact that the the ledger, the Bitcoin ledger, uh holds a record of pretty much every transaction you've ever made. And um, I mean, a guy's caring about it, tossing the wallets out after one or two transactions. Do you have any idea how they're, how they're managing that? Who are the sources? Everybody, I guess. Because I mean, look, you know the way Bitcoin works. Everybody's got a, a ledger they download. And the ledger tells you every account, Bitcoin, every account in Bitcoin world and where everything's been transferred is how- I think the main concern works. is your tax situation. 
they would have to actually find find some find someone's uh, account and and the movements and all that right i guess well if i'm a source and i'm bringing in all this bitcoin it's all coming to me right that's going to show up on my it's it's gonna they're gonna send me a 1099 and where'd you get that money from where'd you get all these bitcoins coming to you i think that would be the the main concern but if you're just a customer you know, you just know. funding funding your wallet to to buy your stuff. Probably not, nothing to worry about, huh? No, mm -mm. that's interesting. That's very very interesting. A lot of people don't understand that when you use Bitcoin, um, as long as nobody can attach your name to that account number to that wallet number, you're kind of fine. But if they can, then to see the history of movement of that wallet for the history of of that wallet, it's incredibly easy. Anybody can can take a look at it. You yeah, know, that, a lot that of guys, is true. A lot of guys don't get that. So um, I guess, Steve, uh, you know, to, to close up the, the interview today, man, is really appreciated. It's good. I, I just I want to know what what other tips, tricks, things that you that maybe we, we'd never get around to talking about on, on our evolutionary podcast. Or maybe you haven't had a chance to talk about on the forums recently. Or maybe you have and you want to go over it again. But give us some good information for guys out there for the lifestyle, for um, you know, for what we do, give us a couple of tips, uh, some yeah. info everybody should be thinking so, about. So one of the simplest things you can do is eat single ingredient whole foods, because if you eat something with a lot of ingredients, that's a problem with restaurant food. That's a problem with fast food. Everything has so many different ingredients. That's a problem with things out of boxes. That's a problem with things out of packages. Your body has to process whatever you put in it. So if you're putting something that had like cereal, for example, you look at the ingredient list of cereal, there's like 30 things in cereal. You put that on your body, your body has to absorb that and process that. Your body has to shoot out all these enzymes to help you digest that, right? That's a lot of work on your body. It's a lot of stress on your body. But if you eat, say, a piece of fruit or a grass-fed beef, that's very, you know, um, like cooked medium or medium rare, or, uh, you know, some vegetables or something like that, single ingredient foods, your body will spit out the enzymes much easier because it only has to spit out that for that one in ingredient. So that's way less stress in your body that your body has a process. So the most easiest things for your body to process and digest are watery foods, watery parts of the animal, the organs of the animal, the fats of the animal, watery fruits, watery vegetables, Try to stick to that for your diet if you're trying to repair your gut, especially. But if you're not, you should stick to that kind of diet for at least a portion of time during the year to give your body a chance. And then fasting, very, very important. Everybody should be fasting. Big Rami just won Mr. Olympia. He fasted for one month from sunrise to sunset. He fasted um, and it was about, I think, 11 or 12 hours every day he would fast plus the time he'd sleep. So if he's sleeping eight hours and fasting for 11, he's fasting 19, air, 19 or 20 hours out of day and eating in a, in a two hour window in the morning, two hour window after sunset. So um, we're seeing that um, a trend taken off and you know, fasting is very important to balance your hormones, balance your, your insulin, your glucagon, to help with your gut, to you know, cleanse out your body, to detox your body, to de-stress your body and all that stuff. Um, so look into fasting, look into um, 
hit me up on the forums. I'll send you a free copy of my ebook on fasting. There's also some really good fasting books. Dr. Jason Fung has some good fasting books as well. So really get into fasting. If you can, if you can add fasting to your weaponry and in, in any type of fitness, whether you're a bodybuilder, cardio, whatever, it's gonna it's gonna get you to to another level. It's it's required. It's mandatory for you to fast, guys. It's 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 very very important. We've been fasting. Every animal on Earth fasts. Every organism on Earth fasts. It's great for autophagy for regenerating cells. It's great across the board. So. If you can add fasting to your protocol, you will take things to another level, no matter what your goals are. Because with fasting, it's not like anything else. When you fast, you burn fat and you keep your muscle at the same time because your growth hormone goes up, your adrenaline goes up. So you're able to hold on to your muscle and burn fat at the same time. It's a huge, huge weapon to do. So yeah, and then yeah, what you put on your body guys is so important. It's so important. What you put in your body, types of food, the amount, when you eat, food, food timing is important. Try to eat a big meal and go run a five, five mile run and see how that goes for you. It's not going to end well for you. So all that is very, very important. Cool. That's awesome. Very, very good advice. So guys out there, um, Steve, tell people how they can get in touch with you. If they have any questions, they want uh, yeah. private uh, help. How can people get in touch with you? So you can go on elitefitness.com. Very, very easy. Steve SMI is my handle on there. I'm the head moderator of the forum. Um, I respond to every thread. So just go into any thread and you'll find me. And then just shoot me a private message. If you, if you need my help, guys, um, I'll help you with... Uh, with any of your fitness goals. I have consultations I charge a fee for. If you are uh, financially strapped, I'll be more than happy, happy to help you completely free. Um, you know, it's not something, uh, I, you know, I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing this to help people. So that is really something I enjoy doing. Someone out there who's listening, if you're obese, if you're, you've been, you know, tried coaches, you try personal trainers, you still can't get to your goals but you're financially strapped, you can't afford it, hit me up. Uh, I'm, I'm going to help you and we're going to get you, we're going to get you to where you need to go. I'll promise you that. So, so hit me up. Those are the people I specialize in. So I don't care, you know, if you can't afford to pay me, then you don't have to pay me. I, I'm not doing this for money. So hit me up guys. We'll do it. Well, there you have it guys. That is the interview with Steve Smee. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next week.